0: Amen. Right on. We're going to take the next couple minutes to jump into the word. What I'm so excited about is not only is Jesus alive this morning, but his word is alive this morning. We're not just going to some old book about some old thoughts and some old sayings. No, we're going to his alive, God-inspired truths that can help us live better. Amen. Uh, Those of you that don't know my story, I grew up in church and I'm grateful for my upbringing and uh, I had wonderful parents who raised me in the ways of God. But as you grow up in church, you get into a season and it's proper where you start having questions and you start uh, learning and, and, and looking at these truths. And I know for me, one of the real light bulb moments for me, and of course I knew all the truths, but one of the light bulb moments for me comes from the scripture, uh, John ten ten. It's the back part of that scripture where it says this It's Jesus speaking. He says, I have come to bring you life and bring it to you more abundantly. One translation says, I have come, like I showed up on this scene so that you could have life and have it better. And what's frustrating for me as a pastor in current culture is much of the Christian language is actually Jesus came to get you, isn't it? Oh, he came to bring you the rules and he came to, and there's truths about how God is saying, hey, you know, there's a certain way you got to live. It's like, uh, imagine this. Because here's what I believe. I believe, according to this scripture, that God, he came to give us life and give it to us better. The scripture has more promises in it for your life than it does any kind of rule. And here's the thing about the rule. The rule or, or the command, if you'll let me use the church word, the command is this. It's always, hey, don't do that. It's not good for you. I'm your creator. I know you. Like a microphone, whoever made this would be like, hey, now don't do this and don't do that. Why? Because I created it and I know what's good for it. Are you tracking with me? And so that's what the scripture is full of. It's imagine if you stayed at my house, okay? And I said, yeah, come on over and I'm going to have your house set and you can eat, you know, you can eat whatever you want and you, you know, just make yourself at home. But whatever you do, uh, when you open the refrigerator and you see that jar in there that says poison cyanide on it, and I say, whatever you do, don't drink that. Does that make me an angry ruler who's trying to hold you down and hold you back? No. No. That's an act of love saying, hey, you can do, do all of these things and it will be good, but don't do that. Are you with me? And that's what Jesus is saying. He shows up on the scene and he's like, look, I've come to give you life and help you thrive and help it be better and all of these kinds of things for you. But, but uh, there's a few things you need to know and it's don't do these things because it won't be good for you. Amen. Jesus came to show us how to live and live abundantly. You could boil it down and say, Jesus came to do what? Show you how to be alive. Show you how to live to your fullest. And I hope if you're in this room, you're somebody who says, yeah, but Christians, and I've seen this in church and seen that in church. Listen, I don't, I, my hope and my prayer is I hope you're not making a decision about Christ based on your experience with a Christian. Please make your experience and your decision on God and what he has for your life based on a pursuit and a relationship with him, not with another Christian. Are you with me? Because God came to give us life. And so when this began to unlock in me of like, man, God really came to just give us the best life and give it to abundance. And if we can just follow his ways and principles and promises, it's the better way to live. And I've never looked back. And I'm telling you, I love my life. Because God is in it. And he makes broken things whole. And he makes empty places filled again. Are you with me? Because he loves us and he's for us. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He he came to make broken things restored. That's the message of Easter. That's the message of Jesus. Not that he wants to come throw a lightning bolt at you and get your life. No, he wants us to be all that he's created us to be. Are you with me? I love Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says this, the spirit of God, the power of God, the being of God, God. So the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Or if you choose, now that's speaking of a Christian, maybe you're not a Christ follower here this morning, and you say, well, but it's available to you. I would say it to you like this. The spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. So the same power that emptied the tomb and rolled the stone away, the scripture is telling you it's available to you today. Amen. That's good news. So it's available to you and it says this, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will, give to your, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit within you. So what's the message here? The message that is beginning to unfold, it's this, what? God wants to give you life. And by his spirit, he wants things to begin to come alive in you again. He wants broken things to be restored. We themed this Sunday morning, what happens or, or when everything falls apart, is it really just falling into place? When everything's coming apart, is it really God actually putting it all back together in its proper place? Many of you have experienced that and I've experienced that where you're going, hold on, I'm losing it all. But then really God's just swooping in and putting it all where it belongs. And you look back and you go, ah, yes, I can see it now. Are you with me? And that's what this scripture promises that God's spirit wants to do in your life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that wants to help your brokenness in your mortal body. Are you with me today? Because God loves you and he wants to see you be alive. Because here's the deal, Easter was never meant to just be a holiday. Easter, the resurrection and the power of it is supposed to be something that we have in us every day. Every time something gets broken or every time something falls apart, we can depend on and rely upon that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to put us back together for him. Are you with me? It's good news today. To our mortal bodies, God cares about the things that are going on in our mortal bodies It's not just about a prayer of salvation and then going to heaven someday. God cares about the life that you live now. That's why he said, I came to give you a better life and give it to you in abundance. Now he cares. So that means the spirit wants to heal your emotions and heal your illnesses and heal your addictions and heal your emptiness. Why? Because he loves you and he emptied heaven to be a person who can bring you back to life. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus gives you the power to close the gap between the life you are living and the life you could live with God and in his fullness and all the power of it. The resurrection is the thing that helps us be that. I love what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says this, that Easter is death working backwards, So you have this death, you have this final, you have this put it in the grave, seal up the tomb, but then Easter shows up and says, no, this is actually just the beginning of us coming back to life. The same thing wants to happen in your life in 2019 today on Easter. You may say it's dead, it feels closed up, it feels forgotten, I feel abandoned, and today on this Easter, God wants to take that death and move it back to life if you'll just believe. Are you with me? I'm not talking about a magic wand if you'll just believe, but I'm talking about you'll commit your heart, you'll commit your life to a God who created you and cares about you. You're not an accident and you're not forgotten. We believe that God created you on purpose for a purpose. He has a plan for you. Amen. So Easter is death working backwards. I hope that becomes your story today in 2019, that this day, Easter, is the day that you went from death and it started to work back towards life because that's heaven's message to you, is that I want to help you come alive again. Amen. Amen. Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, a very normal guy, and so we put these apostles on pedestals, and we think, you know, oh, you know, they're this, and they're that great, but they have very real struggles, and I love how uh, the Apostle Paul writes these out. Uh, he talks about how things are coming apart, and but really they're falling into place. He writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is the message version. He says this, We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we had been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. We can all relate to that. He's literally writing like, listen, you don't understand. As we followed God, as we walked in this life, we literally felt like our walk was a walk unto death row. There's no joy. There's no happiness. It's all falling apart. But then maybe really it was all starting to fall in place. And then he says this, as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of us trusting our own strength and our own wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead and he did it And he rescued us from certain doom. And he'll do it again, rescuing us many times as we need rescuing. How many know that's a good thing to say amen to? He said it was all falling apart. It was all just coming to nothing. And then he remembered, if I put my hope and faith and trust in God, my creator is the one who takes dead things and makes them alive again. He takes broken things and restores them. Why? Because he's the God of the resurrection. And he can do it in our lives. We just have to look at him. Oh, my marriage, you don't understand. We hate each other. You don't understand. It's been so many years. We're never going to be able to get this thing put back together. Oh, but you will if you remember that your creator is the one who can take a dead thing and make it new again. Oh, but you don't understand this relationship. How could I ever get out of this? And how could I ever stand up for myself? And how could I ever find value in who God created me to be when I'm in such a toxic environment? Oh, you don't understand. He's the God who takes dead things and makes them new again. It's not your job to figure it out. It's your job to trust. Do you know that when Jesus was in that tomb, it wasn't his problem to roll the stone away? Are you with me? He trusted and he believed and he was he was in in. It showed up super, it, I'm trying to tell you, you don't even have to figure it out. You just got to trust God to do the supernatural work to make you alive again, amen. But I just have this emptiness that my whole life, it's never been filled. It's been this void, it's been this thing. I'm telling you, he is the God who takes dead things and makes them alive again. And I don't care what point you're at in your life, he wants to do it for you, why? Because for God so loved the world. He emptied everything so that you don't have to live dead. Amen. Father Abraham is a really well-known figure in the Old Testament. Many of you, if you grew up in church, you know him as Father Abraham, and you may have heard about him in class, and they've been taught, Uh, but God chose him to be the example, the father of many nations, and so he was chosen as like, hey, we're going to put this man of God on a pedestal, he's going to be an example uh, for all generations, and the scripture says in Romans chapter 14, or 4 verse 17, it says this, God told him I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Do you know he wasn't chosen because he was the best at his Bible study? Do you know that he wasn't chosen because he had the most Christian bumper stickers on his car? Thank God. What was he chosen by God for? Because he was, a God at the, or he was a person at the end of the day believed that God can do miracles, that God can make dead things alive. Are you with me? And God, heaven looks down and says, that is the man, that is the guy who gets my message. And I wanna use him to tell the message for all of earth, all of whatever it is. I don't have the word there. I gotta do three services, so I'm running out of. <laughs> for all of human history, Amen. He's the God who restores dry bones. He's the God who empties tombs. He's the God who makes things alive again. There's a story of this uh, in the book of John. It's the story of Lazarus, and uh, he's a friend of Jesus who dies, but we pick up this story here. John chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the writer's trying to get us to see that there is a real connection between Jesus and this, this family. This isn't just somebody uh, asking for a handout from Jesus. This is a, this is a family here. And uh, verse three, it says this, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. They said this, Lord, the one you love is sick. Man, this is an awesome verse to understand the heart of God. It says, Lord, the one you love is sick because what we would have done is we would have said, God, I love you. You know, I love you. I read the Bible and I worship and I listen to Christian radio and I go to church and I do all, see how much I love you. Therefore, since I love you that much, you should do something for me. But she understood that God's heart is never moved based on our actions. It's always that he loves us first. No matter how bad it's been, no matter how much you messed it up, how wrong you've been, how guilty you feel, how many people you've hurt, how many times you've rejected him. Jesus says, I love you first. The scripture says we have the ability to love him because he first loved us. So she's saying the one you love, why? Because I know you want to do this. I know you want to heal him. I know you want to make him come alive again. Why? Because God loves us and he wants to see us alive again. Are you with me? So in verse four, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So they say, hey, he's sick. And Jesus basically does a, don't worry about it, right? He just gives them a, don't worry about it. Which is interesting because Jesus knew they would actually die, that he would actually die. He was God. He had all wisdom. So he says, this will not what? End in death. It may die. Lazarus actually dies. He dies. We're going to get into the story a little bit more. He's going to die. He dies. But here's the thing with God, with God in the equation, a death is not the end. Are you with me? Oh my gosh. If I make this decision, if I choose to follow him, if I put him first in my life, all of my life over here is going to die, but it won't be the end. Oh, but this over there, this might not come together and this isn't coming together. And you don't understand it's, it's, but guess what? It's not the end. It may look like death and it may look broken, but we serve a God who makes things come alive again and he restores broken things. Are you with me? So now now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Verse 14, so then he told them, talking to the disciples plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Here's that key word again, believe. But let us go to him. So we're going to go to him now. So let us go. Let us go to him now. And then the next verse, here comes Thomas on the scene, who's with Jesus. And in verse 16, then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. It's like the Eeyore of the, he's doubting Thomas. He's the. oh no, something bad's happening to Lazarus. (laughs) We better just all go die with them. And you laugh at that, but so many Christians live the same way. Oh, no, bad stuff's happening in my life. Instead of recognizing and realizing I have the same spirit on the inside of me, are you with me, that raised Christ from the dead, instead of recognizing and we say, oh, no, bad stuff's happening. I guess it's just better if we go die. Come on, somebody. No, no, that's not how we're called to live. we got to be the people that believe that understand that he's the God who makes things alive. I'll close with this. The scripture says four days goes by. Lazarus has been dead for four days. He shows up and Martha comes out to Jesus and says, Lord, and Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, Martha. Martha answered, I know he will rise again at resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Talking about living fully the way God's called you to live. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then there he says it again. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Are you willing to put your faith, hope, and trust in believing that if you believe in me and you die on earth, you'll rise again? Or if you're living when the rapture comes and you're believing in him, you'll never die. He's speaking of death and the rapture, but he's saying, look, you put your life in me and you're always living. You're always fully alive, but you have to believe. Why? Because resurrection is not a holiday. Easter is not a holiday. Resurrection is a person and his name is Jesus. And he wants to do a resurrection every day in our life. For every broken thing and for every dead thing, Jesus wants to do a resurrection. But what do we have to do? Believe. Oh, pastor, that's such a church thing to say. Fine, but that's what I do every day. I believe. Oh, you're just saying that because you're the pastor. No, I'm saying it because that's how I get by every day is I believe that there's something bigger than just the flesh and blood and day to day of all of the trends and cultures and and all of these things. I believe that there's something bigger and greater and I put my faith, hope and trust in believing that he wants to make me fully alive. And I'm telling you, I've done everything else you've done. I've partied and I've had relationships and I've done all the other things and none of it satisfies like being fully alive in God. Are you with me? Why, why? Because God created you on purpose, for a purpose. And it's not for us to keep up with the Joneses. It's for us to be in operation and community and connection with heaven. I have come to give you life and give it to you better. And he chooses us to be those hands and feet here on earth. And I'm sad and I'm disappointed that certain church movements have made it into something that it's not. But I'm here to tell you today, if you faith and hope and trust in Jesus, you will come alive. Because he takes things that look like they were falling apart, and he puts them back together. He takes broken things, and he makes them new again. I wish that churches weren't filled with stained glass. I don't have a problem with that. But really, every church window should be filled with mosaic stained glass. Why? Because it's the perfect picture of how Jesus lives. He takes broken things, and he makes them into beautiful things, doesn't he? Because my life is that. And your life is that. Because he wants to make things new in your life if you just believe. Amen. One of the deadest places in America is called Death Valley. It's on the border of California and Nevada. And I brought a picture of what it looks like. Uh, You could do some research on Google and look at some more stuff. But this is Death Valley. It's the deadest place in America. You can see it's neglected, it's abandoned, it's forgotten. barren there's no life to it it's as it's as over as it could possibly be some of our lives feel that way as dead as possible as dry as possible as abandoned as possible as abused as possible as unbarren as possible we feel like this death valley you may feel like you're in a death valley today but something absolutely amazing happened in december of 2004 What they called Death Valley got about seven inches of rain over multiple days. And they didn't think anything of it. But then about Easter of 2005, something incredible happened to Death Valley. Take a look, it bloomed, it bloomed. Death Valley, what everyone said was dead, it came to life. Why did it come to life? Because there was seeds dormant underneath it. And all it took was a little bit of the right environment. I'm here to tell you, you may feel like you're in a Death Valley season. You may feel like it's abused and forgotten and neglected and you feel empty and you feel cracked and burned out and dry. But I'm telling you, if you get in the right environment of God, he can make those seeds that are underneath come to bloom in your life. Why? Because he's the God who makes things come alive. Are you with me? I don't care how looked over you feel or how neglected or how unsatisfying life may be. God wants to make things bloom in your life if you just trust that he's the God who makes things new. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, verse 19 says this, and I love it so much. And it's my urge to you. Ephesians chapter one, verse 19 says this, I pray that you begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. I just hope that you begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at the right hand of God in heaven. It says this i hope you begin to understand the great power of those who believe in him it didn't say i hope that you begin to understand how incredible his help is for those who go to church enough who read the bible enough who go to book study enough who have are you with me it's for those who believe it's for those that say i'm ready to put faith and hope and trust in more than just my ideas my own wit as paul said my own strategies i'm ready to believe in something bigger than myself If you would just tap into that, I hope you could understand the power in that.